0: What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to The Progression Project. I am your host, Eric Anthonson. This is another Foiling Series episode. I think the next episode, though, might not be Foiling Series. I think it's going to be about uh, fitness training with a good friend of mine, Eric Goodman, who created Foundation Training. And I'll get into that in just a second. But today's guest on the show is a repeat visitor, um, Fernando Novais, Miso Fernando. One of arguably the best foilers in the world. Definitely one of the most progressive foilers in the world. Uh, if you guys don't follow him on Instagram, do it at Mizo, M-I-Z-O, Fernando, F-E-R-N-A-N-D-O, um, on the Instagrams, and check out what he has done. Um, I I reference his videos. There, there's a handful of guys out there who's, when I am in certain parts of the learning process, I go back and I reference their videos because they're better than I am and I can see how they are approaching whatever maneuver it is that I'm trying to learn. And sometimes my my style will fit with Miso, sometimes it'll fit with Adam Bennett, sometimes it'll fit with Kane, but I'll try to draw on whoever is closest to my style, learn from all of them, but then probably start modeling who's ever the closest in that moment. Um, I find for, for my body type, it's Kane a lot of the time because he's a bigger kid. Um, but I do I do check out Miso's work all of the time and draw great inspiration from it. So I'm stoked that he came back on the show. And I think that you all will like the uh the podcast. If you listen to his first one, you would know that he was riding his bike to the beach, and so the audio wasn't great. So uh this one <laughs> he found a quiet spot and hopped on Skype and, and we did it. It was great. Um before we jump in. I want to give a shout out to Eric Goodman and foundation training and tell you guys a quick story because uh, foundation training and Eric basically saved my surfing. Um, I would say career, but there's been no career to it, but passion, um, 12, 13 years ago or so I've had some back issues all my life. 12, 13 years ago, had an MRI, found out that I had uh, pretty severe slipped vertebrae and was told that I needed spinal fusion. I was getting a lot of like pain and numbness in my feet when I was surfing prone all the time and, um, sounded pretty terrible and I decided to deal with it for a little while. And if it, if it was still bad in a year or two, then I would get the the spinal fusion surgery. And during that time, a good friend of ours, Karen Rinaldi, who uh, actually wrote a book that you guys should check out her name. Uh, the, the book's name is, um, why it's great to suck at something. And it's about the learning process. Um, Karen is a phenomenal human being and a good friend to Eric and I's. And she introduced us cause she knew that I had back problems. She knew Eric was a surfer and she thought we'd get along. And so Eric came down to Costa Rica and, uh, we were surfing together and he, you know, over that week, he taught me what was the beginning of foundation training. Um, now foundation training is kind of blown up. You know, it's been on like, the tonight show and all sorts of stuff. He trains uh, Kelly Slater, Lakey Peterson, um, Dane Reynolds worked with him for a long time. And, but I, I give Eric credit for bringing me from a place of incredible fear and instability at least of my back to, um, you know, 12 years on now, can't believe that I was considering getting Spinal Fusion. And the reason I bring that up is because Eric just launched a new streaming service. I'm diving into the new workouts right now. This is not a paid advertisement or anything like that. Eric just helped me out so much. I'm, I'm a disciple for very few things. Um, but Foundation Training is definitely one of those. So give it a look. Um, check out Foundation Training on Instagram or stream.foundationtraining.com. And it's a different approach to back stability and an idea of of core. And um, for me, I am able to, I used to have to go to the chiropractor all the time to get my lower back popped and basically give myself some room for um like the sciatic nerve and some other places to breathe. And I'm with the foundation training training, I am now able to do this series of breathe ups in a couple different positions and actually unlock and pop my back um, myself. You'll hear it, I'll be doing this like pose and these deep breaths where you Breathe in through your upper thoracic and out from your stomach. You're lengthening your spine, and you'll get this. I'll get this just tremendous pop where my L5 S1 will open up, and then L4 right after it. Big loud pops. It's amazing. So um, check out Foundation Training. Eric's going to come back on the show soon. I recorded two podcasts with him on my uh, my older podcast, and uh, so anyways, you guys are going to dig that and. This conversation, though, is all about foiling, and people are blowing me up right now. I apologize for that. I forgot to mute stuff. So, anyways, enjoy the show, and <laughs> I'll uh, talk to you guys soon. Fernando, thanks for coming back on the show, man. How's life?
1: Hello, man. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, life has been good. Just uh, trying to get through this coronavirus thing. and All good, man. Just trying to keep healthy. And yeah, living it.
0: How has your life changed in the last few months?
1: Well, actually, being honest, it didn't change much because uh, I'm already uh, pretty... How can I put it? I don't hang out with a lot of people. Mm Mm-hmm so i just get out of my house to go surfing and i get back home so i don't i don't i don't play i don't play around i don't go to bars i don't really go to restaurants i don't i don't like crowded places and I, I don't like crowds i don't like being with a lot of people around so it didn't change much i'm just just trying to take the precautions to not to get the virus you know So every time I go to the market, I go back home, I have to uh, desanitize everything and do the alcohol and do the, uh, all the cleaning things I have to do, you know, Mm -hmm. and using, wearing my masks and all that. It's pretty much what changed.
0: Wow. Are you doing anything as far as supplements or vitamins or anything like that to...
1: Oh man, I just, I just, uh, I, I just eat healthy. I take a lot of, um, I don't know how to put it in English, but in Portuguese it's called curcuma or is a, yep. is a family from the ginger. So I eat that a lot, and I try just well, pretty much my diet and my, it's, it's all the same because I like to eat healthy and to, I like to use fruits and, I like to eat, to eat fruits and all that to, to maintain my health. I use food as my medicine. But the main thing, I think, is the sun. I, the yeah. sun is the most important thing for our immunity. So I try to be on the sun and get the first light of the sun early morning. That's pretty good, too.
0: Let me uh, let me read this real quick. I, I got a text from a buddy this morning, and we've been talking. I'm in a text group with a bunch of folks that are way smarter than I am talking about COVID and what you can do to you know, increase your odds in case you get it, all these things. And one of my friends this morning sent this text um, uh, where they were reviewing vitamin D levels in patients uh, in a hospital in in Southern Asian countries. So you've got 49 patients with mild symptoms of COVID-19 in three hospitals in Southern Asian countries, only two had low levels of vitamin D. Of 104 patients with critical or severe symptoms, only four did not have low levels of vitamin D. That's insane, it means that basically surfing makes us really healthy.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it's, well, uh, people might don't like what, I, what I'm about to say. I know there is the virus, the virus out there, the virus kills the uh, weak, weaker people, but it's all a political game. This is what I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see a lot of fake news. I see a lot of very meta-capitalist guys, super rich. They're trying to manipulate all that to make the crisis get even worse. So it's kind of tricky, man. So, of course, we still have to take care of ourselves. We still have to, you know, take all the precautions not to get caught with the virus. The virus is there, but... mm, I think we need to be on the sun. We still need to live our lives, you know, like, there's no other virus on the planet uh, in the history of the mankind that disappeared. The virus are all there, yep. you know? We, we, we developed the immunity and the big, uh, the big pharmacy companies they developed uh, the vaccine and all that, and we get through it. How's it of course, man, we, we need the sun.
0: Yep, how's it being seen in, in Brazil? how
1: excuse me I didn't understand sorry
0: the the population in Brazil is everyone taking it seriously are people st- are, are, is everyone locked down what is the status right now of, of where you live and how people because in the United States it seems like a lot of areas people are starting to get really tired of being locked down and you're having a kind of like a, a Civil disobedience quiet type scenario happening in Brazil. Is it similar? Are people tired of being locked down? What's happening?
1: Big time people yeah. are very tired of being locked down, but uh, there's a kind of a polarization uh, Which separates uh, it's all a political game. So uh, most of the Brazil in the beginning the People were very scared and they were locked out at home and they were doing anything but a lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of people uh, went broke, and they start to think that they need to do something to make money. And we needed to take to um, keep life going as they were before. So, if you, if, you st- if the government doesn't have too much, if you stay at home, they only give you about uh, think, one hundred dollars mm-hmm. for a month. How can you make a living with $100 a month? It's impossible. But let's say $180 or something like that is $600. So gov- the government tried to help people, but of course it's not enough. And after a while of uh, this political game, it, there's a separation between the left wing and the right wing. Right? So the left wing keep claiming and keep doing fake news in Keep uh, trying to manipulate the people to stay at home. So, and the right wing, they they agree that there is a virus and we need to take care of ourselves. But we can't stay at home. We need to work. We need to we need to make the economy move. Otherwise, we are gonna go bankrupt and the country is gonna go broke and it's gonna be way worse. So there's this big uh, fight against. Um, this polarization is, so it's pretty hard. Mm -hmm. The the big problem in Brazil is the politics. The politics mess it all up. So now I start to see a lot of people going out already. They're all using masks. You see that uh, in front of the stores and the markets, there's alcohol for everyone, so you can clean your hands and, you know. But now I think we're gonna leave a new era era You know, for now, so now on, we're gonna have to be very, very careful. Like people in Asia have been living forever. Right. You know, if someone in Asia is sick, uh, it's feeling sick, the person wear a mask to, pre- to prevent others, you know, mm-hmm. not just for himself. So I think now on, we're gonna, we are all gonna have to live like that. So now in Brazil, you start to see a lot of people on the streets already, people trying to you know, take their life. And yeah, the treatment, hard times. Yep,
0: yep. That's I true. am very hopeful that we can get past this, but I think that it's not gonna happen as fast as people want it to happen, and it's gonna, the, the tail effects of this are gonna be permanent. We're gonna see a lot of differences in society as we move past this, but all right, let's talk foiling, man because I'm looking out at a beautiful ocean yeah, right, right now. On. I was watching your videos this morning. I want to talk to you about high aspect wings. I want to talk to you about sup foiling, about turning prone boards and sup boards. I got a lot of stuff that I want to dive in on. But before I start asking you questions, what has been inspiring to you lately? What are you freaking on? What, what, uh, what have you discovered since our last conversation?
1: Oh man, I guess the the wing the wing the wing man the wing no yeah, the wing the wing is something very, very unique and it opens up a whole new uh, dimension for exploring and surfing and you know sailing. that thing is unreal.
0: really tell me about it. I'm not sold on it yet. I've got buddies who are good at it. You know, but I like I like surfing. It's weird having something in my hands. I'm not good at it yet at all. But uh, but tell me about it. Where does the where's the fun come in? What's so rad about it?
1: I think it's versatility. Okay. Because being allowed to sail to the to the the wind line, and if there's waves on the wind line, you can surf. You can depower the wing and connect to to any wave that comes by. And you can really surf it. Even holding the wing on your hand, Mm -hmm. you can still do some pretty awesome turns. Like for now, I haven't tried the straps on my boards when I'm winging, but I am really into the freestyle too. I really want to do those crazy jumps. And did you see the last video of t one in Uh, uh, Cape Verde? Yeah,
0: it's insane. What he's doing, what the Spencer boys are doing, Like, there's some insane stuff happening on wings.
1: Yeah, so you can, you can, you can surf, you can do big airs, and you can connect as many waves as you can, just using the wing and the wave. So that's something, I think it's pretty much the future of foiling. So you can really, you can surf when there is no wind, just surf, either if you're towing or if you're on um, a SUP or even if you're riding the prone board. And if the wind is up, you can go with the wing and have, Maybe even more fun. So that thing brought up a whole new interest for me.
0: Nice. What, what board uh, foil combo do you like most for ringing? Does it matter depending on wind speed?
1: Yeah, it really depends on conditions. Because where I live, the wind is not as uh, strong. We get most, like, most of the time I, I, I ride from 10 to 15 knots and I am not good enough yet to take off on this light wind with a short prone board. I started with a 6.0 SUP, Mm -hmm. and uh, after I got better, I went on a smaller SUP. I tried a a 5.5 SUP I have, and it went good. And after I came back from uh, up north in Brazil, I went on a trip with F1. And then I got a 5.4 uh, SUP, which is very very small for surfing on SUP. The board was sink. but uh, it has enough flotation for me to take off. So it's a 5.4 by 22 by three and a half or three and three quarters, something like that. Okay, and it's right enough. It's right enough for the um, for the low winds. But when the wind gets stronger I really wanna try a smaller board with straps on it.
0: Yeah. That looks it like it really depends ticket. on the condition. Yeah. Yeah um and, and foil? What foil do you like?
1: Well, I, I before in the beginning I was riding the um, the unifoil I have the two ten albatross. Yep. Because as I wasn't, uh, I wasn't very good at winning, and I really need, uh, I really needed a lot of uh, lift to get started. But once you get better, you can go with a smaller foil. So I was, I, I rode the 210 by Unifoil, and then I rode the the 170 Hyper, and then um, after this trip to with F1 to Up North, I. Took some classes from T2-1 <laughs> <laughs> and he always kept saying that I don't really need to ride a big foil. And he showed me some techniques, and then I tried a, a smaller foil, and then I noticed that it's possible, you know, to ride a small foil with the wing even if the wind is not as strong. So I got this new F1, the Phantom Wing, the 1280. Okay. And then I've been I've been riding that lately, and I'm having a lot of fun.
0: Right on. What tips did Titouan? uh tell you
1: uh just uh, how to get started on the board and then uh, it, it's more like he pretty much encouraged me he didn't he, he showed me some tips yeah of course but more more like the motivation to try you know because for me the logistics the logistics to get out on the ocean to go in is a lot of work so I don't want to take the risk of bringing a small foil and not be able to fly. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of, uh, I didn't want to waste my time of trying the small wing and, you know, lose the, the lose my time. So that's why one of the biggest reasons I was always taking the big wings. But once uh, a few showed me that it's possible to ride a small wing and motivated me and you know, show me some tricks, how to stand up on the board, and how to deal with the wind on the wind and all that. And then uh, I got better, and then I used a smaller foil. But big mast, always big mast. Big masts are way better for sailing, for mm-hmm. sure.
0: What uh, what size? Seventy-five or more?
1: Yeah, I think seventy-five is small, very okay. small, especially if there's uh, some bumps and waves. You know, because of the oscillation oscillational height. Are very big when you're ringing, so having a bigger mast. I'm riding the 85 uh, centimeters mast lately, and I feel feel good. You know, feel better than the 75. And I, I don't know, maybe trying a 90 centimeter or even one meter mast, it will work as well. But I haven't tried yet.
0: Interesting. And how much does that change how you turn? So when you depower and you're and you're just carving. How much difference does that? I've never gone above 75 in mast. How much does it change the situation?
1: Oh, I think you have way more momentum. You know, if you, if you like, um, I move my feet a lot on the board as I don't don't wear straps. Mm -hmm. And depending on your standing on the board, when you're turning, uh, you can change the height of the, the height of the foil. So if you have a very small mat, a very small mat, It's too easy to hit the water and when you touch the water, you lose speed and you lose stability on the soil. So having a longer mat, you have more momentum, I think.
0: That makes sense. It's better
1: for turning, you know?
0: That makes sense. Um, What about in the surf? Any breakthroughs in the surf?
1: Uh, About uh, mass height. No,
0: not not about mass height, but just about anything new that you've learned?
1: Oh, just uh, starting with more speed and um, getting my pumping technique uh, better. I've been riding some very, very small foils lately and I've been able to pump with it once I have the speed. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just evolving my technique on doing turns and surfing faster in bigger waves. Just taking little by little the evolution.
0: Nice. All right, so I was... uh, Okay, I've been out of the water for a couple months, and I've been back in the water for about a week. And when I came back, this forecast... Oh, that's nice. Oh, God, you have no idea, man. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a different person. It's so good. Um, I joke. My joke is that I'm solar-powered. You know, like, I need the the sun. I need the ocean. Um, it's where I get all my energy from. But when I came back, the forecast, I'm going to be here for a few weeks, and it looks like it was going to be small the whole time. So I decided that I was going to just dedicate this whole trip to really dialing in uh, the 190 hyper and the maybe the 210 a, a little bit, sorry, the 250, which I have, I don't have the 210 anymore. And I had a breakthrough in turning, and I've gone back and I've watched some of your videos, I've watched some of Kane's videos, and it seems like you both are doing the same thing in turning the high aspect wing, and so, I come from a surf background, and in a surf background, when I'm on the stealth, which feels very surfy to me, or if I'm on the MFC 1400, which is very surfy to me, my natural stance and the way that I like to turn, which feels most like I'm surfing, is to get my foot behind the mast, and you're driving in a turn the same way where you're finishing the turn with that rear foot pressure, pushing through the turn, kind of wrapping it around. When I've been doing that, which has been the way that I like to turn most of the time, when I've been doing that on the high aspect wings, I get to this point to where the turn loads up and then it gets very difficult to, to keep the board under your feet as the board recoils back be- below you. I don't know if, if that makes sense. It um, does. Okay, so what I figured out over the last couple days this breakthrough that I just had is that high aspect wings you fly and you don't surf. And that I'm turning much better, much tighter turns without that control issue, when I keep my back foot forward of the mast, and instead of surfing through the turn, I'm basically using my ankles. I'm leaning in. I'm using my ankles. There's a great picture of Kane, a video of Kane doing this. Is like I think it's one of the Hukipa or one of the little bay uh, turns that he does. This really tight top turn. I think it's on the 210 or the 170, and. But by doing that, you kind of bank your way into the turn, and then you accelerate through the turn instead of surfing and bringing your weight to your back foot. Does is that the same way that you're turning the high aspect wings?
1: Yeah, I guess so. You you had you had very uh, very clear. I don't have the same. Uh, how can I put it? Uh, uh, there clarification of all the details in my mind. That's because uh, you guys are really, really good.
0: You guys, you and Kane and Adam, you guys are really, really, really good athletes and surfers, and I'm the guy who's just trying to figure out how to do it all, and I have to break it all down. So (laughs) my learning process isn't as innate as as you guys.
1: Um, Well, on the 170 Hyper, I have one impression on when I'm turning and when I'm at the top speed of the turn. Sometimes, the the 170 hyper is a pretty small wing, Mm -hmm. so um, I really feel like in the the most uh, fast, uh, the fastest spot on the turn, I really have to push the wing down. Yep. In order not to breach, but even if it breaches, it's okay, but sometimes when I push it down, I feel like I get more speed and more control. Yep but some foils you want to go very light on, uh, on your foot and some foils you want to put some pressure. I feel like the on the 170 Hyper, which, which is the most difficult wing I have for doing turns, I really have to push it down. But now with the Phantom, the 1280 by F1, I feel like uh, I can really kind of relax when I'm turning and I don't need to do much either putting pressure or relaxing, I can really let it flow on the turn. Uh, and it, it drives. It drives through the turn. And uh, I don't know how to put it in English, but uh, it's a little bit easier to do the turn. And it, 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 it's not a highest, uh, it's not as high aspect as the 170 Hyper. I think it, it has less high aspect. But... Uh, yeah, it's my impression. Uh, another thing, too, with turning with uh, uh, high-aspect wings is uh, having a short stance.
0: Mm, yeah. and I'm
1: really, really doing the in- internal rotation on my back foot. You know, when you put your, your, you, bring your knee in a little bit, you do the internal rotation of the femur on your back foot, and you make your stance tighter. Yep. And you're tighter and, uh, how can I put it, um You keep the center of gravity low when you bring your knee in to do the turn and that helps a lot
0: It feels to me I don't know if you've ridden like a lot of mid-length surfboards But to me it feels like I'm doing down carves on a mid-length surfboard if if when I'm doing it, right Your feet are kind of closer together You're more in the middle of the board and you're really like leaning into that turn I feel like I'm using my ankles a lot like my feet have a big role in that turn. It's not as much in my like in my quads, it's not as explosive. It's more like you're flying the board through the turn.
1: Yeah, I haven't tried uh, riding uh, narrow boards because what I feel of narrow boards is that uh, toes and heels are way more sensitive. So that makes it a little bit easier for doing turns. Very narrow boards, that's what I feel for other high aspect wings. I, I like to ride narrow boards, too. It yeah, makes it easier for turning.
0: That's interesting. I have gone to a 4.2. It's a little heavier. It's a double stringer poly blank. It's a board I call the Vanish model. Um, and it's my favorite board for the high aspect wings. It's not very good because it's so short when you're hitting whitewater. I like a little bit more board for that. But for pumping, if you have it balanced right, it, it's uh, it's so good being on that short little board on the high aspect wing. Um, it's really cool. The high aspect wings, they're so special. Just the amount of time that you get on foil for the energy output is, is so fun.
1: Oh yeah, it's way better. Even like, uh, riding very, very small wings. Not, I was riding this, uh, uh, Moses, uh, kite, uh, racing wing, the, the 670. Uh, and it, it actually is a, it is a very, very high aspect wing because it's just super low short, but it has, I don't know, I'm not sure. It has 67 centimeters uh, of wingspan, and that wing is amazing. Even for surfing small waves, I yeah. think it looks like it's the, one of the wings that the, the Spencer brothers are riding. Uh, I'm not sure, but it really looks like. So the wing is super small and super efficient. I, I guess it, it's because of the higher aspect.
0: Yeah. You know, I, so I
1: think higher aspect wings are the way to go for foil surfing.
0: I love it. Um I tried to get my hands on some of the Moses wings early on and I couldn't I couldn't get any. There's a dealer in Miami here but they didn't have any of the wings that were big enough for me to surf on. Um I've always wanted to feel one of those. They, they look beautiful. Is the construction good?
1: Yeah, the construction is pretty solid too. Very yeah. very well uh I,
0: I believe that they design um, some of the America's Cup wings. They have a pedigree, I believe, in, in uh, sail foiling. I don't
1: know. Yeah, they're one of the top brands. Uh, they have the certification for the Ikea, which is, uh, I think, for the Olympics. All the foils that are going to compete on the Olympics need this certification.
0: Okay. That's awesome. I'll try
1: to send you a post later on so you can see it. But uh, I don't know, man, but the kite wings, kite foil uh, wings are unreal for surfing. People are not really into it, but uh, I think people that live in Hawaii and places where where there are larger waves should really give a try on this kite foil for surfing and towing because it's... Because if it's small and it's efficiency, it's the way to go for towing in, for sure.
0: Right on. I've seen you on some subfoil boards lately. How's that been going?
1: Oh, yeah, I love it, man. I first started uh, subfoiling because, you know, for me it was easier to learn because I didn't need to get up on the board. I was already up, so all I needed to do is paddle into the wave and start foiling so my first uh, first or two months in the beginning i rode the scp and then after i got very very addicted to prone surfing but uh where i live that spot which is a very very wide wave uh you, you ride away for uh, yesterday i got away i caught a wave of a 3 minute ride it's unreal
0: wow so there's
1: a lot of current so you you can go prone but uh, you don't make the most of a session when you're prone because uh, there's too much current. So it, you, you you ride a wave and you take like 25 minutes to get back on the line lineup. You know, with this SUP, I can get to back to the lineup way faster. Yeah. So I'm not a victim of the current when I'm on the SUP. Yeah. So uh, like that, like that.
0: Let's talk about turning.
1: Yeah, the SUP is fun, man. Yeah, I have yeah, a new one.
0: I, I, I just designed a new one that's coming on Friday. I cannot wait uh what to size? Get it. it's a for me it's a six three a hundred and three liters twenty seven wide um my last one was a five five it was too small for me and I wanted something that was big enough that I could easily wing on as well um and it's really narrow. the tail's super pulled in it's it's a it looks like a surfboard so it's a six three but it's really pulled in nose and tail yeah, um, yeah. what do you ride?
1: Uh, I ride, uh, I have a six zero by 24, which I use for downwinds, uh, or when the waves are totally flat. I, I, I live one of the biggest, uh, seaports in South America. So there's a lot of, uh, tankers going by these big, big ships. So when the waves are flat, I like to surf the waves of the ship. Oh, so epic. I I use that as to P. Yeah. It's so much fun, man. So I like to use that that SUP because I can take off on flat water, and then pump into the boat wake, the ship wake. I have that. I have a a five, five by twenty seven by four inches thick, which is the one I ride out the, the most of the time. I had a six zero by twenty four, which was by F one, which is unreal SUP. But when I went to up north in Brazil, I exchanged with my friend uh, Remy, and he gave me his five four and I got him my five ten because I mean my six zero because uh, it would suit him better, and then the five four would be better for me to win, so we did that and yeah i have I had these three three subs now, but nice. I'm planning to make another one because I think the five five uh, could have some improvements
0: killer all right so let's talk about turning stand-ups you know like the breakthrough that i just had in turning high aspect wings where i got the kind of idea to start trying to turn differently was from first breaking down some turns that i did probably six months ago when i wasn't nearly as good at foiling but they held up well comparatively to the turns that i was doing in the last couple months and then i started looking at you i started looking at zane schweitzer who rips. Um oh, Zane is a beast, man. He's insane. At um, my buddy here, Jason Latham, does really good turns on his stand-up foil. He's a pro sub surfer as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that are just absolutely killing it on the stand-up. And if you think about it, it doesn't make sense that people are doing the better turns. I think sub-turns can be the best turns that anyone's doing. Derek Hama, I, I didn't mean to leave out Derek Hama. He He's arguably the best of everybody. And um,
1: Oh that, my god. Derek is another beast, man. So nice to watch.
0: Yeah, insane. But let's talk about why guys are cranking some of the best turns on some of the biggest boards, which throws into question whether or not we need to go so small in boards. What do I you didn't,
1: think? I didn't understand the the last, uh, the last phase, sorry. Why
0: do you think that some of the best turns in foiling are happening on some of the biggest boards? On sub boards. Oh, on the biggest boards. I mean, that one turn that yeah. Zane did, That's that might be like the best turn I've seen where it foils halfway out of the water, the whole wrap around around, you know, it's like, that was a good short board turn.
1: Well, I think the pedal helps, yep. uh, the leverage. Uh, I think with the SUP you can put a little bit of more more pressure on the turns because you have more volume on top of the the foil. So I guess it handles maybe more pressure. And as you put more pressure, the turns always will be more aggressive. And I think that the pedal factor also helps a lot. Yeah. Because of the leverage you can use the the pedal on the water and really force into the turn. How do you use the paddle? that's why.
0: When you're going to do a frontside turn. How do I how, use it? Yeah. Where's your paddle placement? Are you doing it on your heel side, on your toe side? Do you pull into the turn? You're a subsurfer as it well. It really I've,
1: depends. you It really depends. Yeah, I like subsurfing. It really depends. When I'm like, if I'm doing a cutback, uh, a roundhouse cutback, I like to switch the side of the paddle. You know, like when I go frontside and I go to turn, I like to put the the pedal on my heel side.
0: Yeah.
1: And then when I go back to my toe side, I like to bring the pedal back to the toe side. That's one kind of turn. But this other turn that you see that Zane does where he keeps the pedal on his heel side and he really pushes on the turn. Just like Derek Hama does. But Derek Hama does it differently. He does that crazy layback. Yeah. So he put the pedal on his heel side and really cranks it to the... His back foot during the layback turn. Yep. Do you so think he you could do that without straps? But I think uh, hydrofoiling is uh, really, really a high-performance sport. not going you're, you're not gonna do like a surfing where you do a deep, steep bottom turn and then you you get back up and hit the lid, throw the tail. It's a different approach. But as it's so fast and, you know, it's super high-performative, so I don't know, man. I think uh, people should start at fighting with the with the different eyes, not just a recreational, you know, uh, a lazy, fun sport when the waves are flat. You know, you can really get very, very radical when the waves are big, you know. Yeah. So we, I wanted to see these guys, which are super talented surfers, uh, getting into foiling because uh, they will bring all this talent to foiling and will break a lot of barriers, too.
0: I agree with that. How much crossover? I mean, I've, I've looked at your photos. You just posted one a couple days ago of a big frontside air and then a frontside air on a foil, which I thought was pretty rad. Um, how much crossover from surfing is there to foiling? Do you think that if a John John or a Julian Wilson Got into foiling that they would be they would have a, a, an incredible advantage over say a pro skateboarder who got into foiling.
1: Yeah. I think a pro skateboarder will bring even more <laughs> than the, just a surfer. Yeah, because the approach is completely different. Uh, I don't know why, but I just I used to skateboard a lot too, and uh, I don't know, but I think skateboarders <laughs> are very very. Uh, Talented at board sports in general, yeah. but well, for sure they would add a lot. But it's a different approach for doing ads and all that. Yeah, uh, starting from surfing.
0: You know what's interesting is so while we were gone and I was out of the water, we have a little skate ramp, um, and I was skating a lot. And it's the second time to where I've been out of the water for a long stretch. The other one was six weeks, and this one was eight weeks. To where I come back and I swear that. Skating, the carryover from skating into foiling is is incredible. Like I almost feel like I come back to the water better after skating than just foiling. Something about the way that you're connecting on the ramp or the way that you pump um, or maybe the micro adjustments in your feet between tricks on the lip or on the coping um, makes your feet incredibly sensitive. I feel like skating makes you a much better foiler. I think it helps in surfing, but not nearly the same
1: no no, exactly when I when I skate a lot then I go surfing I surf better yep. but if I surf 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 and hit the skate park I will skate very bad. This is what I feel from uh, being on the water and being on the on land you know doing board sports but I think just if you skate and surf uh, or forest surf whatever you're gonna surf very very good and I don't know because uh, skateboarding, skateboarding you fall, you really, really hurt yourself. Yep. So if you're trying to go big and you fall, you hurt, and then I guess you are more, uh, how can I put it? Mm. You don't waste movement, you're, you you. feel like you're smarter, your your body is smarter and not to fall and not to hurt yourself. So you bring that to the water, it, it feels better. Yeah, I, I use
0: guess. the same um, foot adjustment when I foil as I do when, when I transition in skating. Cause I always, you know, if you go to do like a rock and roll or you're doing like an axle stall or something like that, as you're dropping back in, your foot's not ever perfect. So on the bottom, you're always moving your foot just a little bit. And I, I find that I do the exact same thing, um, in foiling, especially when I pop up, I'm never in the right spot. Exactly. When I pop up, I always have to move my foot a little bit. Um, anyways, just have you tried
1: riding uh, with straps on your surfboards?
0: No. I don't have any boards with straps.
1: Oh, right on. yeah. One thing about you mentioned that moving the board on the, the moving the feet on the board, and one thing I feel like I really need to move my feet a lot on the board yep. while I'm for surfing. Do you move so your front foot a strap. lot? Yes, a lot. Both yep. back and front foot. Yep. A lot. It really depends on the on the position uh, between myself and the wave. Depends on where I'm at the, on the wave, I have to move my feet a lot. This is what I noticed the other day while, while I, was, I was watching the footage. I pump, pump, pump back out, and when I connected the wave, I put, I, I back my feet, like uh, my front foot actually. I put it back, like narrow in my stance for about 10 centimeters. And I don't know what I would do with the straps. You know, So I have my feet stuck on one place, I don't know how how that would feel. I know that my back foot is easier to move, you know, to remove my back foot from the strap and place it a little bit forward so I can pump. And then when I I get into the wave, I would put my feet, my foot into the strap again. But the front foot, how would I move, you know? I, I don't know. Straps are so tricky for me. I really need to get into it and learn. Yeah. Because it's so hard.
0: I don't know. The way that you surf without straps, though, is pretty, it's massively impressive, and you're kind of leading, you with a few other names are leading the sport strapless. So I don't, I mean, I don't know if you have to do straps.
1: Yeah, I think straps and without straps are two different versions of the sport. Yep. Because without the straps, you can't do those back loops and big, big uh, airs with different grabs without the straps because the foil is so heavy. And when you boost, uh, most of the time you have that weight pulling you down. But with the straps, you, you can do pretty much anything. But uh, I think for um, for surfing, you know, drawing lines on the weights, uh, it's better without the straps. It looks more, uh, looks more beautiful without the straps, the style and the, you know, and the way you lean on the cards and all that without the straps are, are, are definitely di- different.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I like riding without the straps, but I want to try the straps as well. You know, I want to try every decent discipline that foil foiling has. So straps on the list.
0: Yeah. I'll get into them at some point for sure. I, th- I think it'd just be fun to go out there. Every time you're pumping back out fast and you have that ramp of a wave coming at you, it'd just be so fun to launch off of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. And I won't do you it guys. without straps. <laughs> I know I am my board.
1: Well, I tried. I tried. I tried once and I almost got hurt. And then yeah. I got very scared to try it again.
0: Yeah. Consequences are real in foiling.
1: Big time, yeah. My friend just had uh, eight stitches on his forehead. Oh, and four, he had eight stitches outside and four stitches inside. Wow.
0: What happened? Crazy.
1: Uh, I guess he was surfing somewhere where the waves are very steep. And then he probably was riding a big wing because he surfs on the SUP and he rides a big wing because he's Mm -hmm. a big and heavy guy. And I guess, I know he got on the bottom of the wave and he ventilates and He got thrown away and somehow I guess underwater the foil hit his head, something like that.
0: That's a scary fall when you ventilate on a bottom turn going fast because it makes you want to taco and fall right on your foil. It's one of my least favorite ways to uh, to fall.
1: Yeah, when, I, when it happens to me, I try to jump as far as I can, uh, far away from the foil. Mm-hmm. And if I'm wearing a leash, I try always to swim or jump and feel, get the feel of the leash stretched. Because if the leash is stretched, you know that the board is far away from you. But uh, you know, this is what I think. Every time I fall, I I try to feel the leash stretched. Even if I have to swim a little bit to avoid the board. Once I feel that the leash is not stretched, I always put my hand on my head.
0: Yeah, I do the same thing. I, do you have a do you have a count underwater? Or do you do you have any when you fall? Do you have any you know processes that you do to try not to hit your foil? I'm always scared when I don't know where my foil is and I'm underwater. I always take a minute. I cover my head. I count to like three or four. I'm always bracing for the foil to hit me. I slowly come up.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, that's the way to go because you can like I cut my face a few times. I had I had two stitches by my eyebrow, and I have three stitches on my nose. But uh, you know when you come up and the board is coming back at you, but, like, super, super slow. Mm-hmm. It's like, the speed you get from coming up on the water, if you hit the foil, is enough to cut your face. Yep. Because there's no meat. There's only skin and bone, so it cuts very easily. So right now, every time I come up, I try to have my hands around my face or something like that. So I would touch the foil before it hits me. I did the exact yeah, same thing. fighting is dangerous. Uh, I think wearing a helmet—it's—it's uh, it's something important. You know, I don't—I don't wear a helmet uh, either. I wear a life jacket, but I should do it more often, especially when I'm trying to do newer moves and you know, when I'm trying to go bigger. It's—it's uh, it's very dangerous, man. Yeah. It really hurts your stuff.
0: I am most concerned about my face. I feel like the bad falls where you're, where you're taco falling, it's always your face that's going to be the, it feels like to me, that's going to be the most vulnerable. Um, and I used to wear, when I was learning, I wore a helmet. And what would happen is when I'd fall going fast with the helmet on, it would almost rattle my brain more because the helmet would would catch water as you're falling. And so after a couple falls where like, I, you know, ended up with headaches the next day, I stopped wearing a helmet, um, which I don't know if that's a dumb decision or not, but, um, I don't know. We need a way to protect our faces. I feel like I I use my arms as much as possible.
1: Have you seen the helmet that Tom Carroll is using? It's kind of soft.
0: Yep. Actually, I wanted to ask him about that and we ran out of time. Um, it's a rugby helmet from what I understand.
1: That would be nice because it still uh, offers some protection, and it's uh, made of cloth, so it's kind of soft. You know, so it wouldn't be so hard to ride it and you know just dives and all that.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a good point. Um, I don't remember the brand of that helmet. Someone can maybe post that.
1: Online. Yeah, I me mean, neither. Sure. I don't remember. It. I have never seen it selling anywhere. The first time I saw a helmet like that was on Tom's head. I've never seen it before.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, what do you want to leave folks with? I've got some little waves breaking out back. I'm about to go get a few. Oh,
1: really? Are you going out now?
0: Yeah, and I would go grab a snack and I'll go. It's really small. It's like maybe a foot. I'll go pump around a little bit. It gets me fired up yeah, to do these conversations. Yeah, the 250. All right, oh, man. What uh, What do you want to leave folks with, Fernando? We can do this again in a few months, too.
1: Oh, man, I just uh, like to thank everyone from the foil community, all the support. Everybody's so nice, and uh, the pretty tight community. I get to talk to a lot of people and meet a lot of people, you know, over the the social media, and everybody's so nice. And I am very thankful, you know, to be making friends. I really hope that um, this sport grows more so, you know, we can get together and get to ride different places and different ways. You know, I just want to see the sport growing because uh, there's a lot to offer for everyone. Yeah. And right on, man, just big thanks. Thanks to you, you know, because uh, all these podcasts you do, it, it educates a lot of people. It brings information for a lot of people that don't really understand uh, what fighting is all about. And you get the opportunity of people to put the word out. And that's, that's very awesome, man. Yeah. I'd like to thank you a lot.
0: Yeah, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate you coming on and inspiring everybody. It's too bad that with the virus, we're not going to get to travel and the. Con- I was super excited to go out to Hawaii and be a part of the contest with Jason and the whole thing, but maybe next year.
1: Yeah, man. Jason invited me earlier this year, and I'm not going to make it. Well, to make it, I will have first to renew my American visa, mm. and if I get granted. I would plan to go. So I would, I would have to, to make a couple steps to be there, but it was on the plan, for sure. Jason's super nice uh, as well, man.
0: Yeah, but right on, rips. man.
1: Hopefully, we're gonna Sails be it. fighting soon. Try to go, try to come down to Chicoma. I, I keep telling uh, Eric, Eric Foyle, Eric Christensen. I've been talking to him a lot, and uh, I was suggesting him to come down to Chicama. And Peru, because it's like, unreal, man. Like, you get a six-minute six minute wave. Oh. It's something very unique. I think every foiler should be there sometime because uh, it's worth it, and it's cheap, man. Like, Peru is super cheap. Even for me, in Brazil, uh, which is, you know, our uh, money currency isn't strong. But, you know, if you bring $1,000, you'll be a king in Peru, man. Wow. <laughs>
0: Oh, I want to go you, so bad.
1: You eat meal, great meals every day, and you have the best uh, places to stay, not spending a lot of money. So it's definitely worth it. Let's hope for this COVID shit to go go away soon, and then we'll be able to travel again.
0: That'd be so good. It'd be super fun to get like a group of like 10 guys who have all been on the podcast and go down there and film it, put out like a little half an hour edit. That'd be awesome.
1: Nah, that'd be awesome, man. We can make a funny movie
0: that would be sick. We need one. We need one. All right, Fernando. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for inspiring everybody and, uh, sharing all your knowledge with everybody, helping everybody get better, man.
1: Yeah, man. It was hard to, to mention everyone, uh, all the names and everyone that I talked to and people that support me, but they all know who they are. I am. I'm so thankful for everyone.